Welcome everyone to Christian Thought in Our World. My name is Eric Ramirez and I will, I will be your host for these upcoming shows that we're planning to have. We're very excited to be able to have a forum in which uh, we can have three laymen discuss theology, issues of life, culture, philosophy, politics. We want to be able to engage in all these things that surround our life so that we can have something that glorifies God in all the areas because our mind should be Christ-centered. And this show will begin today with the topic of postmodernism. And our show today is titled Historic Evangelism and Postmodernism. Having said that, I'd like to also let you know that if you have any questions regarding anything that's said during the show, we're going to be spending the last 10 minutes, right around the 35-minute mark, uh, answering any questions. So you can go ahead and uh, send those in, and we'll uh, do our best to answer them according to uh, uh, knowledge that we have. Uh, we have a panel of three people, as, as, as you can see. I want to also welcome Johnny Navarro, who is a uh, Seen there as Acts uh, 1689 and Brother James Alleman. I haven't changed James the name, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Well, gentlemen, we uh, want to begin with uh, the fact that we want to be able to have people understand where we are coming from. The purpose of this particular episode is so that as we are going on further, giving the teachings and the statements that we do that are biblically centered, that it is understood that it comes from the culture of Christianity and historic Christianity. That means that which has been handed down to us. We live in a culture that is constantly changing, right? And in particular today, I think the most biggest and overarching uh, philosophy that permeates throughout there is postmodernism. And so what we want to do today is have a discussion about that issue. Because when it comes to the issue of the Bible, it, it's about making truth claims and seeking out the truth, which has been historically what most cultures have uh, sought to do. But we're living in a very different age and in a much more freer environment in terms of the postmodern thinking, not having meta-narratives, uh, being able to subjectively uh, believe things, no longer looking for things that are certain, but things that are basically of our own making. And the first uh, point we want to look at is that Christianity is based on antithesis, and if something is true, then the opposite must be false. So that means that when we're making claims for the truth of Christianity, obviously that means that that is going to contradict what other religions or philosophies or the general culture might have to say. Any, any thoughts, gentlemen, on this issue that you'd like to contribute? James, you can go first. Okay. Well, as we see in uh, postmodernism, which is normally uh, described in a few different aspects, but uh, usually it's in the deconstruction, moral relativism, pluralism, and existentialism. Uh, so one of the things about moral relativism is that it asserts that there are no absolutes and no certainties. So hence, there are no absolute morals. And I see this as an anti-truth. Now, according to R.C. Sproul, uh, the prefix anti, which normally means against and suggests someone or something that is in opposition to something, um, that is one definition. But there's also a, a separate definition, which is in the Greek, the prefix anti can also be translated in place of. 
So that which is anti may function as a replacement or a substitute for something. So I see uh, this postmodernism as an anti-truth. It is both in opposition and it's also trying to put itself in place of it, which is in itself a contradiction. Now, just as Paul in Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, where he, he teaches that a Christian is to be grounded in truth and not to be tossed around. Now, he's using the imagery of a boat during a storm. So I... Uh, assert that we must be mature in our understanding of both the truth and the anti-truth. And that's what Christianity is. It is the truth. We assert that. We don't claim that, uh, oh, you know, some people have these truths and uh, we have our own truth. No, we're saying this is the truth. That is final in terms of what the Bible says, what God says, because we know that this is God-breathed. Yes. And so, in other yeah. words, Christianity, I just, just wanted to make a comment on that, and then I'll, I'll allow you to go ahead and speak, Johnny. I just wanted to make the point that Christianity is a statement in which God is giving us information. And so it's not something that is subjective, but we feel that we are following, right, according to the knowledge that we have been given according to our faith in the Bible, those things which God is communicating to man, right? So go ahead, Johnny. Right, because what you're talking about is revealed theology, which is what Christianity is about. It's about God giving revelation to man. The question, however, when you're talking about uh, postmodernism has to do with the meaning of the word truth, and as Brother James has just talked about, uh, the, the issue of the word truth, for example, in the Hebrew, the word, one of the words that is used to translate as true is the word emet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And uh, according to the dictionary, it means certainty, truth, trustworthiness, assured, establishment, faithful, right, sure, true, etc. So the idea is that truth is extrinsic. It's not something that's inside of us in terms of, well, my, this is my truth, that's your truth. In, in the biblical framework, in, in terms of how the biblical writers, you know, Jesus himself, when they spoke of truth, they did not mean it as it's something inside of you that, you know, if, if you believe, let, let's take Muhammad, for example. When you look at the religion of Islam, Islam says that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. He did not die on the cross. He did not rise from the dead on the third day. Well, the New Testament says that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is God in the flesh, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Well, both of these statements can't be true. In a postmodern world, they're both true because it's a true according to whoever the subject is. So it's all man-centered in a, or human-centered in a very real sense, but that is completely foreign to the biblical understanding of this. So in other words, what we call the light, the light of God, is something that we see as being absolutely objective, right? As something that is, but in the case of postmodernism, the light is different, right? It means that someone else's uh, revelation is their light, but someone else's uh, philosophy is their way of thinking. But in reality, what we're looking for is that what God wants. Because when the Bible speaks of bringing judgment, 
what is a rule? What is a rule that, that uh, God is going to use? Is he going to be using man's understanding or each man's, uh, you know, perspective and, and a rule, rule of law? Or do we see in the Bible that actually God has communicated to us his rule and his ways in the scriptures? Any more comments, brothers? Or do we I go on to point number just, two? Point, mm -hmm. we, we, we just did, we, we know, we kind of defined what postmodernism is and, and in, in, certain, in certain areas, but this is the underlying uh, look and aspect and, 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 and the worldview that is in there today uh, because this, even though the, the term postmodernism was coined in 1979, it was brought in, um, you know, much before that time, and and you just see it kind of build. So there was like a, a foundation that's obviously centered against Christianity, and then it and it builds from there. So in other words, yes, we what we want to be able to know is what is Christianity? How has it functioned before? Because the church has been around for two thousand years, right? And it hasn't been because. It's been uh, adopting necessarily the world's uh, belief, although in some areas, obviously, there have been forms of Christianity that have done that, such like with the movement, with the Gnostics, you know, that came around. The Gnostic movement actually had an effect not only on Christianity, but on other religions as well, and that changed the, the understanding of the nature of God and revelation in the world. But we see that there is a consistent view that is held within the scriptures, and that's why we, we, we abide according to the self authenticating uh, authority of, of the Bible, which speaks to sola scriptura, that the fact that God has given us the faith that we are to follow, he has a message that he's a, he has been giving us for years, right? And now we're operating with that message. And we know that that goes back to the time of the apostles who were actually the last, you know, to have received that message. So what we want to do now is to be able to see how we're able to find these principles, right? And that's one of the things that we want to do in the show is to have different types of topics and look at different issues based on that and hopefully be able to even get into some history and be able to see how there's a consistency there as opposed to with the postmodernist movement, which is now laying out a, a whole different set of things. We know that there's different philosophies out there. You know, we have the uh, critical race theory argument. We have, uh, you know, the Marx, the Marxism. We have now neo-Marxism. And these are things that are coming up because of the postmodern nature of things. So let me go ahead and uh, go on to point number two at this, at this uh, point, brothers, which is that we want to discuss Christianity has a meta-narrative about divine revelation from God, right, to man, but also that it's about God and man. And that that's in essence what we're exploring when we're doing theology. If you guys could please... Uh, Share any ideas you have on this issue? Sure. Uh, so, the Christian meta-narrative uh, is not based on external proxies that uh, implicate a worldview that arises from Scripture, but instead, Scripture itself commands us to discern all things through Christ, which is truth, and the revealed Word as you can see in Colossians 2.8 and Romans 12.2. 2. 
So furthermore, Scripture clearly teaches that the Spirit, the Spirit gives or reveals to whom He chooses, which is 1 Corinthians 2.12. Now, how do we know this is an absolute truth? I mean, that's one of the questions that many will ask. Well, God's moral character and His standards are higher than all others. It is transcendent. There is nothing in, in, in the ideas of man, in the laws of man, that we would, we would say that they don't change because they all do change. Because if it just comes from within, if it comes from man, if it comes from his intellect, if it comes from his emotions, if it comes from his will, it is changing. It is not immutable. So just like in 1 John 4, 1, where uh, he tells us to test the spirits for falsehood, these falsehoods cannot be truth by definition, and they will fall when they are scrutinized. So to Christians, the revealed word has remained unchanged, immutable, perfect, and yet has surpassed all scrutiny. Anytime anybody gets to the depths of the scriptures to try to find any type of contradiction, anything that doesn't make any sense, all they can really come up with is paradoxes, but they, can't, they cannot come up with contradictions. Yes. Also, we, we have to understand that when you're talking about postmodernism, we have to we have to look at how this this concept developed because it really comes from the idea of the abstract. It really moved within the art world, and you have people like Michel Foucault, Jacques Derrida, these um, these philosophers that come in, and they want to basically deconstruct language. And basically say that if you take a writing by someone who lived in the past that's no longer with us, that person meant when he wrote it doesn't matter. What we think it means, that's what matters. Which gave birth or rise to the concept of the death of the author. So I think it's 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 important and I see this as a <coughs> excuse me. They see this as a political issue of power, and they see truth as constructed. A group of people decide this is the truth, and they use this information to impose it on the masses. And so they're saying, this is wrong. We can't be telling people that this is the truth, but that truth is within us. And so whether you're a Christian or... Muslim or Hindu or whatever, it doesn't matter because that's your truth. But that is completely foreign because as uh, as Brother James just quoted from First John 4, uh, he says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. The whole idea is that John is warning against falsehood. That's why when Paul writes to the Galatians in Galatians 1, 6 through 10, He's telling them that no one is to pervert the gospel because that's a false gospel. And anyone who does is anathema. None of this makes any sense within a postmodern point of view. Yes. Yes, because that's the reason we need a, a meta narrative. We need to know where history is going, where, where the path is going. And what it seems to me is that we, we know that postmodernism is a reaction to modernism. And modernism being obviously something that came out of the uh, enlightenment the enlightenment being you know the pursuing you know greek philosophy and reason 
uh, you know, pursuing logic and, and seeking to, in essence, ach uh, achieve wisdom, knowledge of the world uh, through our thinking, through our understanding, and which obviously led, led into what we now see as modern science as well, right? But the problem is that because modernism didn't necessarily uh, reach, I think, what a lot of people thought would be the answers to everything, uh, we have this reaction, which I consider an actually an overreaction of saying, well, it seems like there's nothing really definite. It seems like truth isn't something that's definite, right? So if everything is not necessarily definite from their perspective, then it seems to us that it has to be based on our experience, on our point of view. It's what we make of it. So that's why we have our society in which uh, things are being, where, where people are actually redefining things, right? Because it's no longer based on what is, but on what you perceive it to be. And I think that that's one of the reasons why there is a lacking of a meta-narrative within post-modernity because of the fact that it's seeking to just remain itself open. But by remaining itself open, it therefore becomes subjective. One of the big problems that I see is that because it's subjective, it's also inconsistent because at the end of the day, we don't live our societies in a subjective fashion, right? No. So, so in other words, because what I see a lot is a lot of people saying, uh, well, you know, what, that may be good for you. I can see why maybe that's having a positive effect for you. But for this person, this is true, you know, or this set of morals. Why, why are you judging that person's set of morals? You know, that could be good for that person, you know. But at the end of the day, people do suffer and complain about things. Why? Because there's, there's a... There's a clash. There's a clash of ideologies. And at the end of the day, you know, especially those who have children, we do teach children values, don't we? So if we're teaching them values, that means that we have to have an idea of right and wrong. And I think that's one of the inconsistencies of that. Oh, absolutely. No one lifts uh, that philosophy out to its uh, logical conclusion. Anyone who says they are, I mean, I, I think... And I hate to say this, but I think it, it it is insane to to actually believe. I mean, if you if you're a loving father, for example, and your daughter is in the middle of the street and a truck is headed in her direction, you're not going to say, "Well, uh, in my truth, there is no truck. My daughter is not in danger." No, no, he's going to run as fast as he can to go and protect his daughter. But that's where postmodernism only works. It's basically, from a biblical perspective, it's a spiritual and psychological thing that people are in spiritual denial and they're willing to say any absurdity to escape the reality that they are uh, in danger of the judgment of God. Yes, one of the things that I also want to show that's inconsistent about the particular message of postmodernity is the fact that it's objective but it doesn't act subjectively. And what do I mean by that? Because today, the people who are having these ideologies that come out of postmodernism, you know, what they're doing is they're actually trying to establish them. And by establish them, that means that they're, a lot of times they're trying to shut the ideas of others. And in particular, in our case with Christianity, they do not want us to be able to establish what in essence has already been established because Western civilization was built on what? On Christianity, on the Christian ideals. And so this is one of the ways in which I see that there's an inconsistency because if you were really subjective, then you would respect the morals of our religion as much as you would do yours. And yet there is a, because of the fact that the antithesis is there, 
regardless of whether they like it or they don't, there seems to be a rebellion and and actually a fighting against. So I see that it's not there's nothing passive necessarily to it. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a very tolerant person because I believe these things. But they surely don't uh, act upon that way, right? At the end of the day, they they do seem to be offended and try to actually, in, in cases, cancel out people because of the fact that they don't like what they have to say or what they've been offended by. Go ahead, James. Well, yeah, and, and as you see today, or really in the last five to ten years, they've used uh, the, the aspect of racism to really move forward their postmodernity. Uh, they're using this, this quote-unquote absolute truth in terms of the white man has been oppressing the colored man since the foundation of the United States. But then yet, at, in the same, probably in the same breath, will also say, oh, but, you know, that's your truth when it comes to uh, how you self-identify. So you see that, and, and this is very common with many religions. So not just secularism, not just postmodernism, is that they violate the law of non-contradiction. And they don't even realize it. So it, well, it's, but, but it's something that, they don't believe that is shown. Logic. Right. But what you see is that they are blinded. This blinding and hardening of their hearts is definitely because of their rebellion, because of their spiritual death that they have. When you see that, when you realize that, you can speak to these people. You can you you can uh, mend supposed fences by saying this and saying that, but that doesn't. That's not. That's not going to ultimately win the argument. And the argument is you are you are making truth subjective, which makes truth a non-truth. Like I said, an anti-truth. So you are saying that Christ is not truth because there are no absolute truths. And that's an interesting uh, point you're making because that's basically the third point, which is that, that they are denying the law of, con of uh, non-contradiction. And uh, I like what uh, 2 John uh, chapter 1, 6 through 7 states, which is that, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is a commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you are to walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who, who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. And this is obviously a very important point because we're living in a, in a day today that because of uh, liberalism and leftism and, and, uh, and post-modernity and, and secularism, there's a denial that Jesus even walked on the earth that he existed. There's very much this uh, radical skepticism that comes out of this. But we see that if we're following the scriptures, yeah, if we're following, you know, the, the scriptures, what, what in particularly what Jesus has taught us, this, these are things that we've known from the beginning. That what was given to Moses, right, in Genesis, he tells us what, what history's been and that the, the God of the beginning is the same God today, right? He's immutable, as you stated earlier, uh, Brother James. 
And so God is consistent in his character. That means that in every age, his law is there. And if every age's law is there, that means that his morality stands, it's transcendent, it stands all throughout the ages. And this is a very, very important thing for anybody who's looking into Christianity or those who are Christians to understand and why it's so critical to have this point. Because when you're looking at culture, this has to be very much thought about. Because as, as I said earlier, the culture is changing consistently. So we got to make judgments about what is biblical and what is not. Yeah, I was also going to piggyback on something else that James said, and that, and that is that uh, Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am your way, your truth, and your life, but I may not be your way. And your Correct. He said, I am the way, the truth, and mm -hmm. the life. And I, and I think that we need to understand that from, from Jesus' perspective, there, there was no Jacques Derrida walking around back then. That, that that's right the whole point is that if you you know we believe in religious freedom and we all have relatives that come from religious backgrounds whether they be Roman Catholic uh, you know Jehovah's Witness or LDS or whatever the background may be even evangelical okay but if you are a member of those groups and you're attempting to suggest that truth is not objective and that truth is just something that's inside of us and your truth my truth or that truth is just a construction that that a group of people decided this is the truth but that the truth is not and the truth of the matter is that truth is reality and it belongs to god it's not my truth it's his truth and i think that that needs to be said you know because God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. God is the one that said, I make man in my image, male and female, according to his likeness. This is God's truth. It's not my truth. Correct. Correct. It's definitely, uh, if he's saying he's away, that's actually a very exclusive message, isn't it? And uh, that's one of the things actually that I've had a, a hard time uh, with people who, for instance, uh, I know that uh, the Jewish view, at least today, is that, you know, Gentiles, if they live according to, uh, you know, the, the law of uh, the Noahide laws, I think in the particular tradition they speak of, you know, that they will have a place in heaven. But the problem is that there's no acknowledgement of, of the true God. And it seems to me that when you look at the Old Testament, I, I see the opposite, which is that I actually see God going out of his way to show that he is God. Right? When he stands before Pharaoh, right, with the plagues, what is he doing? He's showing them that he is God. And, you know, we have also cases like in the prophets, like with Elijah, you know, and uh, where he's letting, letting it be known. I mean, this is what he revealed to Nebuchadnezzar, that he is God. He is a true God. And we see in, I think, I believe it's in chapter 4 where he actually states that. You know, Nebuchadnezzar says, truly, you know, you, you are a, a God of gods. And uh, so it's fine. It's very hard for me to uh, see people being so, in essence, uh, nebulous about this. Uh, the book of Hebrews actually states that it is impossible to please God without actually believing in him and that he is a rewarder, you know, of those yes. who believe in him. So it's a very, very important uh, factor in uh, part of the faith and how we believe these things. Let me continue yeah, so on to our fourth point. I'm sorry, you had a comment? Go ahead, please. 
Well, I was just going to say, you know, we're still on, on the on the point number three is that, so in this book that I was reading called uh, Postmodernism by Errol Hulse, um, he states that the postmodernist denies that there can be such a thing as a meta-narrative. So instead, the postmodernist believes that each person constructs their own narrative or reality. And right. so you can see by this erroneous supposition that, again, to state truths and then you just claim everything as subjective, it it's, it's ultimately leads to nihilism, uh, which denies all the objective grounds for truth. Uh, and then what I wanted to also uh, state, uh, again, you know, going back to Second John 1, 6 through 7, is that as he claims, and you mentioned, uh, many deceivers have gone out into the world denying Jesus coming in the flesh. So you can see that scripture attests to these truths as absolute truths. They are not they don't change. They're immutable. Yeah. This is what the Lord says. And never wavers from stating them. It doesn't shun from saying, Oh, you know, I'm not I'm gonna take it easy on certain people. No. Like you see in Ezekiel, he hits them hard. They need it. They need to hear this. Even if they don't repent, they need to hear this. And so you see that these deceivers that are later called antichrists, and hence is telling us that postmodernists who deny all truth are antichrists. If Christ is the truth, and they're against it, they're antichrists. So you're seeing the spirit of the Correct. antichrist working in human uh, civilization that is apart from God. If I can add so in other words, we have standards. Sure, please go ahead. Yeah, very, very briefly. I was going to say, one of, one of the things about postmodernism is because it is a political philosophy. I mean, it is a philosophy, but it also involves politics. It, it is basically the opposite of a, of a form of uh, Marxism. And uh, uh, actually, uh, Jordan Peterson has actually talked a lot about this. So anyone can go on YouTube and put Jordan Peterson postmodernism, and you'll see him go on these massive <laughs> rants where he gets into a lot of history. But to the point that I'm making is that when it comes to postmodernism, the idea that someone is wrong, to, for you to say, uh, with all due respect, with love, I believe you're wrong about what you're saying. For them, that is arrogant, it is bigoted, it is mean-spirited, it is a horrible thing for you to say that. So that's why I want to share a couple of verses. If you look, for example, at Matthew 22:29, when Jesus is confronted by the Sadducees who denied the resurrection, Jesus says, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus answered them, you are deceived because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. <coughs> excuse me. And uh, you even see Jesus in John 18, 37, where he says, then Pilate said, so you are the king. Jesus replied, you are the, you are that I am. I'm sorry, you say that I am the king. For this reason I was born, and for this reason I came into the world. To testify to the truth, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Amen. What does this mean? It means that those who don't listen to his voice don't have the truth. Correct. So we want to definitely to be pursuing what we know to be truth. And what was given to us in the Bible. And a lot of times I think that becomes uh, confusing again. And I would say this is an issue of, of modernity at this point. Not even post-modernity. Because there's such a reliance on, on uh, knowledge that is gained through logic. 
right? Through, through you know, human thinking that we think that we can arrive at these things. So a lot of times people feel that, oh, well, you know, the Bible's a 2,000-year-old book. I mean, I mean, you really think God, you know, these, these ideas that were 2,000 years ago, I mean, God spoke through that? But no, it's actually supposed to be a transcendent truth. And when you're claiming that you're following Christ, what did Christ follow? Christ followed the scriptures, right? What was, he followed the law. He followed the prophets. And so in that same tradition, you could say now that obviously he has established his truth through his church, through his apostles, and has given the finality, you know, in, in that first century, we in essence operate in the same way. So that that which has been established from years ago is still true today. As a matter of fact, one can even say that a lot of the things that we operate in our society today is based on these things that we actually got from the Bible. Because if you look at even, let's say, the founding of America, of the, which is the country, obviously, that we're in, the founders uh, relied on, on different sources, but the Bible is very much, biblical truth is very much a part of that. The idea that you need a creator, right, who is bestowing these rights because... If all you are is just, uh, you know, chemicals and electrons and, you know, what meaning is there to that? Let us continue, brothers, if we can, uh, to the fourth point. And that is uh, that heresy is what's con contrary to the historic Christian dogmas. In postmodernism, the only heresy is having dogmas, right? So how do you guys... Uh, respond to that what what do you guys see as as the dogmas and and uh, how, how do you see today how this is being opposed well basically is that the idea that all religions lead to god uh, we're all going to the same place we're just taking a different route uh it's multiculturalism with the idea that all cultures are equal equally good or equally effective uh, instead of actually seeing that there are certain cultures that are superior to other because others because they have different results James yeah well I you know as you were saying heresy by definition implies a standard of absolute truth uh, the reason I say that is because one cannot claim that someone is wrong or in error without presupposing the opposite. So herein lies the crux of the matter, is that postmodernism decries no absolute truth by making a truth claim. So logically, if postmodernism is the correct worldview, then all other worldviews are heretical. So Christianity historically, like uh, the brother said, affirms the Catholic lower C orthodox doctrines that formed the foundation of Christianity. So as Reformed Christians, which us three are, uh, we uphold the great confessional tradition that is grounded on Scripture, which ultimately was breathed by God. So when postmodernists argue de deconstructionism, they end up refuting themselves. So uh, for those that don't know, deconstructionism argues interpretation as this hermeneutical circle, like an interpretation uh, that is all subjective, and that they claim that the plain meaning of this text subverts itself, which that to me, I, it doesn't even make sense coming from their worldview. So it makes language incapable of 
objective reality, of telling you what is truth. So there is no author that can adequately express themselves in their words with the true meaning, which makes postmodernism incapable of expressing any type of objective reality. As we see, they just continue to contradict each other. Uh, so Christianity through scripture asserts truth that transcends man's ability to refute and deems man incapable of true understanding, which also means interpretation, without the discernment of and by the Holy Spirit. Everything is from God, by God, and for the glory of God. That means our existence and what we do with that existence. Now, what we do with that existence obviously has to go on your worldview. And if your worldview is not Christian, it's not traditional Christianity, because unfortunately now we have to say traditional Orthodox Christianity. If your worldview is not traditional Christianity, you are subverting God. You are going against Him. So basically, we have to have true definitional uh, understanding of the faith, right? So when we talk about dogmas, I know a lot of times, you know, that's spoken more in the context of Catholicism, but we have our central beliefs, what in Christianity we normally call, you know, essential, the essentials of the faith. There are things that are key, right, to, to salvation and to understanding God and, the, and man and his place. And these are things that we must uh, all accept in order to be on the same ground, right? And the problem is that if, you, if you're saying that there's different grounds, then in essence, you know, what you're basically saying is if you're walking on a road and you're trying to get to the same destination, if there's different roads, well, we know, first of all, that not all, all the roads lead to the same destination, right? And so what we're looking is for the way. So, for instance, Jesus, you know, speaks about, about you know, a light, right? You know, a, a light being given. And even in the Old Testament, you know, uh, I think in the Psalms it talks about, you know, the, the word being a light unto his feet. And that is what we're seeking. We're seeking to have an understanding of what are those things that the Bible speaks so that we can walk in that light, so that we know that, we're, that we know truth, that we know that what is, what Christ, who Christ was, who he is, right? Who God is, who God is who, 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 and who has God, God has been and what he will be. Because our desire is obviously to be connected uh, to our God. Uh, Johnny, I, I, I want to have a little bit of time for any questions. Do we have any questions at this moment? Uh, at the moment, no, but we have five viewers that are live. So I uh, just want to let people know if you're watching either on Facebook or on YouTube, we are willing to take some questions. We are at the 39-minute mark now. So uh, uh, Brother Kevin is on, uh, and we have about four other people. So uh, anyone have well, any questions? Point. But it when the questions come, then we'll, we'll answer them, but maybe we should talk about yes. point number five in terms of the future also. Yes, and what happens is that I want to answer some of the questions before finishing off with point oh, number five, which is obviously, yes, obviously addressing how we're going to be going from here. And so the main point being that what we want to establish here are things that we know are truths that we must receive. We want to understand what it is we are to follow. We know that God has given his law. And part of that is understanding his law. And if you understand his law, you're going to be learning the principles by which to be able to make a judgment in the world that we're living in, right? Because we have to make judgments. In other words, we got to assess all things 
whether they're good or whether they're bad. I think even the, the, the most common, you know, person has a certain sense of that. Obviously, the way you operate a family is in that way. Well, in the same way, we have to operate in that way in our faith. We have to look at the things that we are to do and the things that we are not to do. And that's why it's so central to understand that when we read the Bible, we're not looking at something like the Bhagavad Gita, which is inspirational, but it's not seen as a dogmatic you know, declaration uh, of God. As we're in Christianity, that's what we actually are. We're receiving instruction, which of course is not only, not on, not only to not sin, right? And transgress against God, but actually to bring blessing unto ourselves. Because if we do what is good, that's one of the things that the Mosaic Law teaches us, right? That in doing good, God blesses us. But when we do wrong, there's also judgment. And if God one day is going to come and judge the world, we got to be prepared. We got to know how we need to live and who we need to be pursuing, right? So the final point says that, you know, that Christian... Christian thought in our world will speak from a historic and truthful declaration on its continu continuing content. And we want this particular show to be basically an answer to those who in the future may ask, well, where do you guys stand? How do you guys stand on your views? We want people to understand that, you know, we believe that the Bible is the word of God, that this is what we're following and we're seeing it as a truth claim. And that if you're seeing it within the other frameworks, such as, you know, in our day post-modernity, then we're not going to be in line with that. Any comments, brothers, before we close? Well, we don't have any questions yet, but I uh, was just going to add that uh, a lot of people that claim to be Christians, uh, people that are, um, I guess, for all, for all intents and purposes, they're nominal Christians or professing Christians of some sort, a lot of them view the Bible as a book that is human it's just the ideas of primitive man and that we can learn from them. There's some good stuff in there. And they believe in Jesus and, and they like what he had to say. The Sermon on the Mount's beautiful. But at the end of the day, their belief about the Bible is not what Jesus believed about the Bible. So uh, that was be my final comment. Yeah, and I would like to Great. add that... The main point of this show and the main point of our standing with going against what the culture states, being counterculture to them, is not to point out that, uh, oh, we, we just want to be counterculture, we just want to be rebellious to the rebellion, uh, for lack of a better term. But what we want to show you is that Scripture transcends man and transcends time and even the even the stuff that we don't understand and when i mean by we don't understand i mean the paradoxes the things like the trinity where we have we have this very localized view of the trinity because it's only from what has been revealed and what and what maybe maybe we can experience and, and that's a scary thing to say i know that but it's very localized but it uh, these things, if, if the Bible, if Scripture, if the ideas and, and, and the revelation of God does not transcend your thinking, it's not from God. If you can understand every single aspect of it without questioning, without going, man, I don't, I don't understand this. I got to reread it over and over and over again. 
you realize that this book is, is, is unbelievably amazing and it's really 66 books through thousands of years from different authors and you see the biblical themes that go through every single book and you see that this was written by God through the inspiration onto these, uh, uh, these writers, these prophets, these, these apostles. You see the beauty of it. And this is what we're going to try to uh, teach you. We're going to try to simplify it. And by simplifying it, we're helping ourselves because there are things that as I simplify them, I understand them better. So don't think that, oh, this is going to, if it goes over your head, we have, we take the questions, we will answer them. Any last comments, Brother Johnny? Actually, I was just going to make a suggestion. I guess then in a very real sense for anyone who watches the video either on Facebook or YouTube, if they have a question that they didn't get a chance to ask during the broadcast, we could probably, if, if you two are okay with it, we could probably keep those questions and answer them in the next show or something like that. Yeah. Sure, that's something we could, we could consider for the future. But I want to leave, uh, leave us with this particular thought in mind in light of, you know, the postmodern way and, you know, the biblical way that we're trying to pursue. And that would be looking at the admonition of Proverbs 14.12, which states that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is a way to death. Our desire is for those of you who are out there, if you're a brother, to encourage you to remain in the faith that you may receive the, the wonderful promise of eternal life. And for those of you who don't know Christ and want to understand the Bible, that indeed you would look to it because that is the light. That is the way of God. And we, we like Christ, do not desire to see men and women have to receive their punishment, that they, but that they would turn and repent. And so we hope that this broadcast has been beneficial to you that it's been a blessing and we ask you to pray for us and to allow us to continue continue to do a, a work that will be a ministering and hopefully that will also grow us three that are here we thank you for joining us and just pray that the lord would be with you and we will see you next time